Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. It's me, Dave Clayton. It's him, Glyn Dewis. This is episode 79. Glyn, we hit 120,000 downloads this week. Now that's official. That's official, registered, uh, authority. 120,000. I was very happy yeah, about that. Yeah, none of your single clicks, let it play for two seconds and then counts, because nope. that don't happen anymore, this, does it? This is legit. This is this proper, is proper stuff. Yeah, so we're back. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being one of those 120,000. We do appreciate it. Uh, this week, it's just me and Glenn. Not that I'm apologising for that. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It's a, we just wanted to catch up. We've been away. Um I know we've done some intros for some of the other episodes where we've kind of hinted what we've been doing, but we just sort of wanted to catch up and kind of pull it all together and uh, and just talk about stuff that's been going on the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, just random stuff, bit of travelling. Yeah. Because we were out in the States, doing some teaching out in the States. And then I think you mentioned it in the intro to Aaron's episode last week, that the fact that I kind of got back and it was less than 24 hours later, I was over to Normandy. Yeah, I know. That was, uh, you, you put some miles in that week. But I just want to say, we flew out, when we flew out to the States, uh, I've got to give a big shout out to Virgin because I've been flying Virgin and they, they're just, what a great airline. We had the best set. We're not going to, we're not going to, upstairs. upstairs, we got special seats, but <laughs> well, we don't, we don't pay any more for it. It's a little travel tip we we found out, and it was great. The time it really quick. We were chatting, mm. just really nice. Yeah. Um, weather was lovely. I mean, it was like forty degrees some days. My poor skin. Could, I worked out <laughs> while we were there, and I'm being generous. <laughs> we got there on the Monday. We left on the Sunday. Apart from the Saturday night where we went out with our friend Corey Barker, I think we only spent maximum two hours outside. In seriously, yeah, that was walking to the restaurant. And back a couple of times mm. uh, i think we walked to three restaurants and back and stood outside for ubers and it was like to walk to uber in the uber to wherever we were going back in the uber so it, i mean it, it was hot though i didn't want to walk too much outside because you get a bit of the old localized chaffing going on i didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to get any of that <laughs> <laughs> but no it was nice nice getting a bit of sun in my bones so we had a we had a nice week away in orlando mm. and we were teaching um so then we got back um i had a chance to kind of get back into family life but you you were barely you you washed your pants and put them back in, <laughs> back in your suitcase like Paddington Bear and off you were again so yeah tell it, us it literally was tell us about like the, the lead up to it so obviously you were planning you're obviously in planning mode while you're in America but what was just tell everyone what that week was about well the the, the week that I was in Normandy it was it was a big week uh, it was the 75th anniversary of D-Day on the 6th of June so we actually got back from the States I think it was the 3rd the morning of the 3rd of June and then literally less than 24 hours later um, Anne and me were over to France. We actually used the Euro Tunnel. Never used that before and I was okay. seriously impre- seriously impressed with that you literally go in it you're under the sea, and before you know it, you're back out again in Calais. Now, there was a bit of a drive then from Calais down to, to the Normandy region, yeah. but I kind of went for that option because it was it got me into France quick. That yeah. was the main thing. And I know there'd been a few issues with all the... We're not going to talk about Brexit or anything like that, but because of the Brexit word, <sighs> there, there had been some ships over the last few weeks. I wonder what can- you were going to say then. <laughs> no, <laughs> some vessels which had, which had been cancelled 
and people had their you know their kind of trip cancelled because of it and i didn't want to run the risk of it because it was a really really big week for me to be over there be in the d-day week yeah um so obviously the main reason i'm over there is because of uh working on the project at the moment so um it was dave it was just the most amazing week it really really was i mean i obviously i did stuff out there i got to meet up with people that i've already met from doing the project people have already photographed i've met many many more mm. but thanks to some incredible people who are so generous and very supportive i managed to get into certain areas that most people wouldn't have got into because it was so so busy but i, I was given passes was. to get into all kinds of places it was brilliant so is there anyone you want to give a special shout out to while we got the chance yeah there's beverly cooper stephen aldred andrew wright jane barkway harney uh, Jane Barkway, by the way, her dad was one of the glider pilots that landed at Pegasus Bridge on the 6th of June in the morning. Wow. I mean, and also when you go there, uh, there's like a there's amazing kind of um, memorials to each of the gliders where they actually landed and all the names of the actual crew that were in there, obviously the pilots and then the crew that were in the back of the glider as well, all there. And, you know, they see Jane's dad. And yeah. I think it's just amazing. Absolutely a really it's like a roller coaster week it really really was um but so glad i'm there because that was 75th you know that was it's a, it's a moment in history basically yeah i mean it's on so, the news over here and obviously you went to pegasus bridge as well yeah pegasus bridge was it's kind of i don't know if you've ever been there mate but no. it's one of those places we'll have to try and organize something but you you, you kind of you could almost feel the ghosts do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just the most amazing, amazing thing. And we were there. We went there, you know, quite a few times down to Pegasus because there was lots of stuff going on down there. And the memorial, the Pegasus Museum is there as well. But um, we were there uh, in the very early hours of the 6th of June. I wanted to be there at the exact time that the glider would have landed. And you just can't help. But when, you, when you're on the bridge and you kind of see that it's like 16 minutes past midnight, I believe it was, when the first glider landed, it is pitch black apart from the lights on the actually on the bridge mm. and you think how did they do it how the hell did they just incredible people you have to go over there to see the size and scope of normandy and some of the actual locations where they actually did you know did the assaults and stuff like that I think these people are just just incredible they were absolutely incredible yeah i know i mean this is nothing like it but i can only imagine what it's like i'm obviously a big film fan and I always like going to film locations so that I can mm. kind of stand there and go, wow. Um, I, remember, I remember going to New York. I, I wanted to find that famous place where Marilyn Monroe's dress blew up. Oh, and right, and, yeah. and, and you, I found it. There's a bit of research found it. And I know it sounds a little bit weird, but it just it felt really odd to think, wow, Marilyn Monroe stood right in this spot. And then mm. I did some other films. and It was like, wow, that famous scene was filmed right here. Like mm. you know, the steps to Rocky, people want to run up there. Now, did you wear? Did you wear your kilt and recreate it? No, I, I haven't been there. I haven't been to Philadelphia <laughs> yet. But some friends of mine are going. No, I'm on about the. I'm on about oh, the Marilyn Monroe oh, thing. No, I wore a full white dress. Obviously, <laughs> idiot. I'm not going to wear a kilt. That's just rubbish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so to, to, so to be in Normandy and stand on those beaches and think, wow, yeah. you know, wave after wave, what was happening must have been really, really, yeah, you, you, emotional you're, you're so- for the people going back as well. Yeah, or massively, you know, the, the the folks who, you know, the veterans that were able to make it over there. And it's a huge thing for them to do that now because, you know, here we are 75 years later. They are all mid to late 90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you've got Jeff, Jeff Howard there who's won the military medal. I photographed Jeff. Jeff's 100 next month. It was amazing to see him there. Absolutely amazing. John Sleep was there. 
Uh, I saw John coming across the bridge. I mean, if, all these names here. If you haven't, if you don't know who I'm talking about, head over to the website three nine four five portraits dot com, <laughs> and you'll see you'll see them all there. And we'll talk about but, that um, shortly. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But th- there's a few things I want to kind of talk about because um, with regards to the veterans being there, and I haven't actually spoken to any in particular about this yet. But I was trying to think, what would it be like if I was a veteran, knowing knowing the kind, or trying to understand the kind of things that they'd experienced when they were doing this seventy five years ago? How does it feel when you see, certainly down at Pegasus Bridge, loads of people wearing the military clothing, loads and loads of military vehicles driving around? I mean, where we stayed, we stayed just up the road in Ronville, mm. which is Ronville, Benneville, it's all the same area where the, the Pegasus Bridge, you know, it's all that kind of catchment area. And we stayed in this most amazing, I mean, it was beautiful. Huge thanks to Beverly Cooper for kind of giving us a shout out about this. But we stayed in a place which actually during the wartime had been used as a headquarters for German German officers. Wow. It's just a it's beautiful, beautiful place. But while we're having breakfast in the morning, every single morning, you see in uh, vehicle after vehicle after vehicle after vehicle of, a, of, a, of military vehicles going past the window. And you kind of think, what do the old folks feel like seeing that? Does it give them these flashbacks that aren't, I was going to say, that like, aren't, that like aren't good? PTSD. You know? Well, exactly. Kind of yeah, because, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's very much in, you know, in the kind of, in the headlines at the moment, isn't it? Where people are becoming much more aware of mental health, mental yeah. illness, PTSD, and what have you. And for those who haven't seen it, John Sleep, who I mentioned a moment ago, on on the website, which we'll talk about in a bit, when you go to the memory section, you'll see a video that uh, that John uh, I filmed when I talked to John, and you can see that he still suffers at ninety nine years mm. of age. He's still suffering with the you know the horrors that he saw all those years ago. So it kind of you kind of put yourself into their shoes, thinking. What do they feel like when they see that? Um, and I've got some photo shoots coming up, thankfully, you know, some more veterans, and I might kind of broach that subject just to sort of see what, what how they felt. I don't yeah, know. that'd be interesting. So I've got a question for you because obviously we've spoken about it and I was watching it on the news. And obviously these veterans are, like you say, are, you know, mid to late 90s and, and fast, you know, we're fast losing them. But mm. there were a lot of people there. Yeah. How... How do the how do the people there behave around the veterans? Because it must be quite overwhelming for them. Because everybody respects what they did. Everyone you know loves that they gave us the freedom that we've got, and you know they've made the effort to go over there. But I was interested to know how people are around them. It must be really quite intense and overwhelming. So did you notice yeah. any kind of behaviour that maybe you felt was you know? I don't know. I don't know how to word I, it. I know. I know what you're getting at. There, there were a few things that I kind of observed. I know that Anne observed, and people I've spoken to since then. You know, folks that I know that have really helped me a lot with this project have said that they certain things happened to them. Um, how can I describe it? Really, it's Anne kind of described the whole thing that goes on. Because bear in mind what this is. It this is all about the veterans. That is the one hundred percent focus. And of course, we get in the, you know, there's all the talk about the dignitaries that come over and how the highlight and the spotlight seems to go on them, and mm. roads are being closed because of the dignitaries. When really, you think, hold on a second, the most important people, the dignitaries on this event, they're the veterans, and you know, I can't, you can't say anything other than the fact that the veterans are treated with absolute respect people absolutely love them the french people absolutely love them however this was a huge event there's a lot of people there um and in some ways i mean the memorials that i went to the ceremonies that i went to at ronville cemetery which was just 
incredibly emotional, really, really, really well coordinated and exercised. It was just brilliant. And then I went to another one at Luke Samir where 4-6 Commando uh, liberated Luke Samir on their own. Just, just amazing uh, memorials I went to there. But the bits that go on in between the memorial, certain places, it just seemed to be... It, it, Anne used the word carnival. Okay. That's what she said, that it seemed almost to be like a carnival. And that kind of did, again, made me think a lot about how do the veterans feel when they see that. The bits where the veterans are involved in all the ceremonies is just amazing. You know, hats off to everybody involved in that. It is just perfect. They are treated like the way, the way they should be, yeah. you know, like treated so, so well. Um, but then there's other stuff that goes on you think, oh, I don't know. I mean, you can go to, you know, you can sit down and go to places and you have a meal and, and everywhere you look, there's, you know, D-Day 75 merchandise. Mm. You know, people are literally putting anything they can find and putting a D-Day 75 stamp on it so they can flog it. That, to me, just seemed... I, I, I get why they're doing it. Don't get me wrong. I get why they're doing it. They're kind of capitalising on what's there. If the money is you know, going to the right place. Absolutely. Well. But it just, to me, just seemed wrong. And I can't do anything to change that. That's my own personal opinion. It just seemed wrong that... Because bear in mind, D-Day was, you know, a incredibly coordinated, huge, huge event, okay? Massive loss of life, mm on the beaches when they came in and other places, you know, like when the parachutists and what have you. So there was a lot of, lot, lot of life lost on D-Day. So to see it kind of have this carnival feel in some way in certain areas just seems wrong to me. Yeah. If it was, if it was a 75 years since VE Day, then, yeah, I get it. Because that's like, yes, victory in Europe, the war's over and you're blah, blah, blah. So then, yes, yeah, celebrate. It just seemed a little bit, I don't know. Something just didn't seem quite right with it being celebrated. As yeah, such. I get that because when you think D Day was the beginning, D Day was you know. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the ratio is, but let's just say for argument's sake, you know, for every veteran that was at, at Normandy that week, they there was probably a hundred of their friends they lost. You know, Easily, I, I, I know, Easily. I know that the numbers were huge, and like you say, it feels wrong to it feels wrong to celebrate the start of that where they, like you said, the stories where you know you've got an hour left to live and. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're, I, I get that there is a celebration there in some respects, if I was going to use that word, and that's because it was incredibly successful. But to have that success, there was an incredible loss of life, which for, which maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of a little bit sensitive to it. But I have spoken to other people who said, yeah, in certain times, the focus did seem to go off it. I mean, I'll give you another example. I was speaking to, um, and I won't, I won't name names, mm. But uh, a veteran who I photographed, and he's just the most amazing man. I was speaking to his son, her, and they were present at the Bayeux. There was the um, the memorial at Bayeux. Uh, Prince Charles was going to be there, lots of other dignitaries and what have you. And he mentioned that, uh, bear in mind, you know, you, you kind of make sure that you're smart. It's just tradition. You're smartly dressed mm. or smart casual, at least. Do you know what I mean? But he was saying that on the coach when they were going there, there were certain people with, like, t-shirts on with these incredible logos stuff on their ears and sticking out mm. and wobbly things on their head it was like like they were going to blackpool like you know it's to the going to the lights yeah. like a stag do or stuff like that it's like come on you know i know that you're here to enjoy it which is the wrong word mm. i think really but i don't think it was the place to have that kind of stuff on yeah because you're, kind of, so. you're paying you're paying your respects to the living and to the dead Exactly. And it, it was weird to watch because, like you say, it was lovely some of the things they did, the way they're treated, and they should be treated like heroes they are. 
like you've often said, they are they are the celebrities. And I know you mentioned there was some movement problems because of dignitaries going to be there and it meant certain people were going to have trouble getting into the country or getting into Normandy. And- yeah, well, getting around Normandy was, I mean, it was busy. You know, yeah. you can't deny it. And um, like I say, thankfully, people, Stephen Aldred, originally when we first got there, Beverly introduced me to him. He gave me a pass which allowed me then to come down to Pegasus because going down from Ronville to, down towards Pegasus, the gendarmes had got the road blocked off. And I was saying to Anne, oh my god we're not going to get down there I don't know what we're going to do here and there were so many cars every car they got the blocks across the road and the gendarmes would say no no or no no and moving them off and I literally drove up to them and they put this sticker in the window and it's straight away there you go straight through and I was like fantastic so you know I, I am so grateful to the friends I've made from this that have really helped me and Anne to really get the most out of it because it was I thoroughly you know we've mentioned a couple of things there that I didn't maybe feel were quite right mm. But my experience was, it was just amazing. I, I, I got what I wanted from it. Uh, the French people, all the French people that I met were just wonderful. Um, and all my French language kind of came back. And I was, I was able to converse again. Since I've started studying it again since I've got back. But I was able to converse, you know, really quite well. So, oh, cool. yeah, I, I really did. I really got a lot from it. I really did. So, you bringing it back around to photography then. Because obviously mm-hmm. you went out there and I know you were going to do some shoots while you were there. How obviously this is an event where people will want to capture it. What was the behaviour of the photographers that were there? Did you see? Because the thing that, that when I first saw it, I thought, oh, I just hope there aren't all these people going up trying to do a hundred selfies with all these veterans. So how did the photographers behave? What was it like from a photography point of view? Were- I, did, I didn't. I didn't see any. The only official photographers that I really saw were the British Army photographers who I did that presentation for at their seminar recently. And, of course, they were absolutely on point. They, I saw them at quite a few events. It was lovely catching up with them again. It really, really was. But they were working so hard, going all over the place. But as for general kind of photographers at the events, I didn't really see any what you'd call official. Obviously, everybody's there with their cameras mm. and their smartphones and stuff. I didn't really see any of that you know, jumping in front of people. Oh, have a selfie with a veteran. I didn't really see any of that. That's not to say it didn't maybe go ahead, but I didn't see that. Um, The the only thing with the veterans is, and again, this is something I'm going to have to kind of speak to some of them about, is that they, because there is so much for them to see and do, they do have an incredibly packed schedule. Yeah. So literally they'll go to something. They can't seem to stay that much longer because then they've got to go off to somewhere else. So, they do seem to dive out, dive here, dive there. So I can only imagine they must have been absolutely shattered because mm. I know we were, we were really, really tired. But you kind of just, you know, you we. It's okay for us to be that tired, but I was just conscious that you know they must be so tired oh. doing that. And when you think and go back seventy-five years ago, how tired yeah. they were on that first day as well. Well, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, you're saying about VE Day. This is probably something a lot of people don't know. So we're going to do a public service announcement. <laughs> Next year, back the early bank holidays, this is for UK people, Americans won't have a clue what we're talking about. We have, we have national holidays that are called bank holidays. The first bank holiday of next May is no longer a Monday. It's going to be on the Friday before to celebrate VE Day. So a lot of people, especially schools now, have been going, no, 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 it's Monday. No, it's Friday. So they've actually moved it so we can actually celebrate VE Day. 
So that'll be next year, something like May I the 8th. I really hope year. there's lots of street passes that go on that day because that is a celebration. Do you know what I mean? With all the bunting out and like, that would be lovely to see that kind of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, something yeah. else that came out this week as well, or actually came out while you were away, was your photograph that was used for the uh, the Royal Mint have done a really cool collection oh, yeah. of the yeah, 50p yeah. coins, which I saw online. Um, mm-hmm. So I was trying to find out somebody had asked because they wanted it. They actually thought it was stamps, but it was coins. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what a cool little pack they've done there. So it's the is it the Battle of Britain? Uh, yeah, there's there's, there's five, a number of there? different. There's, yeah, you've got the Battle of Hastings. You've got the uh, the 150th anniversary of the Victoria Cross. And there's two of those. There's 150th anniversary of the Victoria Cross for heroic acts, Battle of Britain, and the D-Day landings. So it kind of coincides with. 50 years of the 50 pence piece they've created a coin that commemorates each of those particular events yeah and uh yeah i'm i'm really happy with it and that's alan isn't it in that alan king yeah yeah Yeah. so that i think that packs about 45 pounds um available on their website yeah so that was quite good you're saying about the battle of hastings and about being somewhere a couple of years ago we went on holiday and we took the girls to battle and we went oh, right. and we okay. went and stood on the field where the battle took place and where um, there's a castle, there's a building there that was Harold's home. Um, and there was a church there and, and you could walk around and they, they have boards where they say, and this is where they hid and this is where they ran up the hill and this was the field where the battle took place. And it was it was incredible to be stood there and think, wow, mm. this is this this ground here is where our royal family began. Because I found out, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm not going to know all the facts, but apparently, uh, within like the early days of, of the kings and queens, a king had been promised he could be king, uh, which was William the Conqueror. And he didn't get it. So he decided he would fight for it. And that's why the Battle of Hastings happened. William the Conqueror defeated Harold became king and that was the beginning of our kind of the royal family that has evolved check that. you out you're like dan snow off history here it's fascinating <laughs> i mean i love the royal family i know a lot of people don't we were talking about it the other day because there's been some stuff online about you know the royals have been been uh, highlighted a lot on the news how much do you reckon it cost and someone could probably correct me on this but andrea told me how much do you think it costs us a year per person to pay for the royal family. I have no idea, but I love them anyway. So 69 pence. Seriously? Seriously. It costs every every member of the, of, of the country 69 pence a year to finance the royal family. They, I'd, give them, I'd give them 50 quid. Yeah. I'd happily give them 50 quid a year for all that they do. I know people don't like them, so it's antiquated and whatnot, but no. We are it's tradition. Tradition. That's what we're that's what our nation's built on. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of things that are quite cool. So yeah, it was really cool seeing that fifty pence piece. So Talk, talking of that fifty pence yeah. piece thing, I don't I don't know. Did I tell you this that when we were out in France, I think it was literally the first day we were there, I had an email come from the Royal Mint who now are licensing three more images. Excellent. Three more of the portraits for things that are going to be happening throughout the year. So I've already sent the pictures over. I can't say yeah, who those pictures are of, but they represent the Royal Marines, Royal Navy, and the RAF. Excellent. Nice. So, yeah. And if we wanted to find more about this, we also have yes. a new website. This is this is me just feeding you today. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know where we're going with it, but I just wanna I just wanna feed it naturally. So um so tell us about tell us now the progress of the project because we did say last week 
we'd been working together on the logo. We did, in the yep. intro to Aaron's uh, Aaron Nace's interview last week, we discussed that. So we finalised the logo. Um, yeah. But you've actually gone off and now put together a, a project. So tell us what it's called, where it lives, and kind of what you're doing with it at the moment. Okay, well, first of all, I'm just going to mention about the logo. You have completely nailed it. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'll actually, I'll, I will give a little shout-out to a couple of people because uh, when you kind of first started doing the design and whatever, and I was like, oh, yeah, then somebody made a suggestion. Why don't you make the middle of the poppy look like a camera shutter? Now, that was a guy we know called Lee Churchill. So I want to say a huge thanks to Lee Churchill for kind of chipping in with a suggestion, which you took on board, and then you've integrated it all and what have you. So, and that's what it's all about, isn't exactly. it? It's almost like, a, almost like a collaboration there. So, Lee, you're an absolute legend. When the pin badges come out, which is very soon, you're going to get a pin badge. All right, so that's it. But the actual logo, I love it. it um, the, the website is 3945portraits.com. And the reason it's called 3945 Portraits is basically for the years of the war, 1939 to 1945. I didn't want to call it the World War II Ooh. Portraits Project. It's too long. 3945portraits.com. And the logo, when you look at it, it's a kind of pop in the middle. The shutter is the center. And then around the outside, you've got the colors of the three services. You know, you've got the air, sea, and land. You've got the navy, the army, and the RAF colors there. And a big three, nine, and four, five. You've, I just think it's brilliant. But the website, I did it all myself. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I'm really pleased about. And it didn't take me long at all. I was so proud um, of you. I'm just a bit. So, and I used, actually, do you know... Right, this is it was a Wix website, W I X. And Wix, for those of you who ever use YouTube, they're those really annoying adverts that you get at the start when you want to watch a thing. Hi, go, I just made a yeah. really cool website in Wix. Look how simple oh, it is. Such the cheesiest adverts possible. However, I thought, I'm going to give them a look. Man, am I impressed. I absolutely, it's incredible, really, really incredible. Um, for me, who's not a web designer or anything, I was able to put that together. I did it in the day. Um, and I want I wanted like a forum in there, drag, drop, done. I wanted a contact form, drag, drop, done. It was just brilliant doing all the colours, bringing the pictures in, sizing it all up. Just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So on there at the moment, and it's it's obviously it's going to be updated all the time. There's a blog which I'm at the moment I'm updating every single day, but you've got. Um, Details about the exhibition. You've got uh, all the portraits as they're done are on a page there called Portraits. You've got memories. That's a link that you can go and see uh, short video clips of interviews that I have with each of the veterans. Rather than having long interviews, I've cut them into little short sections. There's a frequently asked questions section. Tomorrow I'm putting a bit all about the medals because there's lots and lots of medals that you'll see that these uh, men and women are wearing and you want to know what they are, there'll be a section there to say, right, that one's this, this one's this, and so on and so forth. But I am, I'm so over the moon with it. And today, actually, I sent out an email to my uh, email group, letting them know about the website going live. I also put a little bit about the uh, the last week's episode, which was with Aaron Nace. But I've already had, I only sent it out at four o'clock, and within about the first hour, I had a few emails, maybe six or seven emails that came through from people saying, love the website, the portraits are really nice, and so on and so forth. So it's just nice now that... The project's got a home. Yes. Um, and 3945 Portraits is actually the name of all the social media. So Facebook, it's 3945 Portraits, Instagram, Twitter. Those are the only three that it's on. But, yeah. mate, I, I'm so happy with it. I really am. I think as well, because I know, obviously, as a designer, I know, and I've been guilty of it in the past, where I always joke and say, you know, oh, this to print. You know, it's always the cheap end. It was always, 
anybody started a business that didn't want to spend any money on marketing it would be like you know go on vista print find a business if you're a plumber you just found a picture of a spanner and that that was your business card at the end of the day <laughs> it does what it does you know if, if you can afford it what i will say in defense of 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 you using wix is you've done it in your own time as you've done this whole project which i know has been at great cost to you as well um, because you've really been involved in it and it's something you've wanted to do now, I think by using a, something like Wix.com, and we're not being sponsored or anything, there's nothing no, not in it, for, this no. is just purely because you've used it, is you haven't had to spend a bean on that website. Because if, if someone mm. had said, oh, <laughs> no, but if somebody, you're all right, you're paying, you're paying a monthly fee, but it's, it's a small yeah. amount. Now, if somebody said, oh, no, you know, you should hire a, a web designer, which is easily going to cost you a couple of grand, that's two grand that, that would not be going back into the project. But I'm ex- exactly. That's a really good point you made there. But I'm as I'm as happy with this website now as I would be if somebody else had designed it from scratch and it was bespoke. Yeah. I would I would have it look exactly the same. I know I would if I said, oh, I want the picture here. I want the logo there. I want the blog section across the middle. It would look exactly the same. So this, as we say, is fit for purpose. Exactly. That's what I was going to say next. It's <laughs> fit for purpose. It looks great. I was I was so proud of you. I looked oh, at thanks, it. I, I looked at. It, I thought oh, he's doing it himself. He's a photographer. He's a photographer. <laughs> What's this going to look like? Um, is it going to be full of animated gifts? No. Oh no! <laughs> and I went no. on, and I have to say, I was really impressed because we're obviously looking for a home for he shoots, he draws because we're on WordPress yeah. and we got a basic WordPress. And I want, I want the website to be better, um, just just because there's some extra stuff we're going to do that we want in there. And I've kind of been to and fro and looking around, and obviously we haven't got the budget to go spending hundreds of pounds thousands of pounds on someone building a flash website so it was quite interesting watching what you did what you did with wix mm. and, and the, the end results i have to say it is it it is perfect for what it is you, what, what i really like about it as well the is, image is it's very, so it's very intuitive well. yeah ev- exactly it doesn't compress it doesn't do anything that everything is looking exactly how it should be but when it comes to the mobile version of the website you literally just press a button and then it shows you what it will look like on a mobile device. And then you say, oh, well, that won't work, that won't work. So you can actually take bits out, move things around, save it. And when you go back to your desktop, the desktop stayed the same. The mobile on the same platform is independent of the desktop. It's so, so clever. It really is. Years ago, you'd have paid thousands for that. I know, yeah. Yeah, I did actually pay. I've got ages ago now. I was trying to get an application, an app done for for the iPhone. And I don't know how much I lost, but the guy disappeared. I never did get the app sent. I've still got the blooming social media links for it, which keep popping up every now and again. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think now what it was called. It was something. It was called Frizzoo. Frizzoo, that's it. Frizzoo. <laughs> it, was a, it was a business <laughs> which, card, wasn't it? Business card. Yeah, it was a business card. So I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, but I could have done without losing the money I spent on it. I must yeah. Admit. But yeah, it's like anything. You, you, you invest. You live in and learn. Thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, could, that could have made you a multimillionaire. It, it didn't, <laughs> yeah. but it could, yeah, have, could have done. It could have done. Yeah. You never know. But uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, that's the website. So that's three nine four five portraits dot com mm-hmm. on social media. That's it, and we're getting the pin badges done now as well, aren't we? We're getting yes. the uh, yeah, enamel the, pin badges. So every and about the size of twenty five millimeters, did we say? I think we said around about the size of a tuppence. Yeah, um, tuppence. Just purely yeah. because the point I, I made to Glyn was. Like quite a few pin badges are quite small, but by just making it about the size of a 2p, about 20 mil, I think it was, 20, 21 mil. 
Yeah, and it's, it's just, only because there's, there's some writing on there. Yeah, there, it's so. not too big. It's the right size. You can read everything on it. Um, they Once we've um, sort of agreed who we're going to go with, I think they'll be ready in about four weeks. So normally takes oh, about, is that how long it takes? Yeah, oh, it right, takes okay. about four weeks because they're, they're all obviously enamel and they're metal and they all have to, the dyes have to be made and um, oh, they'll all right, be okay. uh, black nickel, uh, metal well, clutch. As soon, as soon as we can get that sorted, the better then because I want to get them out to the veterans. And What I thought was a really cool idea with this is rather than giving them just the pin badge in a little bag and they go, your idea about getting a business card Yep. from something like Moo, designing a really nice business card that is basically not a business card. It's a backing it, card it, for the... It's the backing card for the thing, so you can stick it through the middle of it, and there you go. It's a presentation card for the actual pin badge. I don't know why I moved my arm around, as if you can... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought that was a cracking idea. But I can't wait to give one to the veterans, you know, each of them to the veterans that we've uh, that I've already photographed. And they'll be available on the website as well for sale, um, and a you know percentage of that will go to uh, the veterans charity. Excellent. Look at you. Mm. So, completely moving away from that now. Yes. Um, something else we did uh, a little while ago was we went to a concert together. We went to Oxford. Oh, sorry, I was thinking music. <laughs> then you're you're on about Ricky Gervais. Aren't we you? went to see Ricky Gervais. So this, this is like we're completely moving away from the last topic. Uh, in fact, <laughs> oh no, we don't even have a break this week. We, we, we're no. we're this is a standalone episode. Yeah. yeah, we went to see Ricky Gervais. Now, if you're a fan of Ricky Gervais, uh, you'll know why you love him. Um, I know there's a lot of people who don't like him. He's very, he's very marmite, but he's it's always really hard to get tickets. And I just so happen I follow him on social media, and also I'm signed up to a couple of ticket agencies. And like, I can't remember if it was a link on Twitter or whether it was an actual email came through. I think it's like bands in your town or something and it popped up ricky gervais oxford and there was me thinking no oh, by the time i've clicked the link it's sold out so i went on there i thought okay oh, it's the second date the first date it's sold out there's a second date on tuesday when's glim back okay you i think you were down in devon with Anne away mm-hmm. which means that you're in a, a no signal zone and i've gone <laughs> on the website and i thought oh, is he gonna want to go is he gonna is he gonna be back in time for that i'll get me and andrea a ticket oh Hang on, there's a maximum of four tickets. I'm going to buy all four because because <laughs> if he doesn't want to go, they will sell. And I'm mm. so glad we did that because I my face ached from laughing so. It much. was brilliant. It was so so good. But you do come out and you think you, you remember laughing so much and you come out and try to recount what he said. And I don't know about you, but I couldn't remember. I it. couldn't. I couldn't. The fact, the certain things I could. The warm up guy was very good. There was some of the he stuff he said. He was really really funny. But yeah, Ricky Gervais was one of those boxes ticked for me because yeah, yeah. Um, I really wanted really wanted to see him and uh, you know yeah. when we when we and Glenn and I go away we just get back to the room in the evening like really late at night because we've been out like rock and roll stars sometimes we <laughs> stayed out as late <laughs> as half nine <laughs> I know we I can't believe that we're back to our rooms at like nine o'clock on the one time I know. We? and uh, we'd sit and put the iPad on and we would just watch all the extras for Derek the office uh, all the outtakes, outtakes they're just brilliant yeah aren't they? just sit giggling and and yeah. it even carried on on the plane home, <laughs> <laughs> but that was really cool. Uh, I think it's going to be on Netflix. As well. Yeah, I don't know how much he kept saying that when we was doing the show, didn't he? he says I don't think that'll get on Netflix. Oh, I know because some of it was like, I mean, close to the mark. He was beyond the mark. Yes, yeah, it, was, it was funny. It really was um, funny. On the subject of entertainment, I just want to say uh, this is such a mixed show. I've just got a load of things mm-hmm. I'm throwing. If you haven't seen the documentary uh, called Chernobyl. I All right. thoroughly recommend you watch it. Man, it's 
apparently it is now the the highest rated watched most watched television program it overtook sopranos and breaking bad really yeah yeah it it was absolutely incredible it's only i think five episodes and it it tells the story of what happened at chernobyl in 1986 september 1986 i remember it because i was uh 20 (laughs) (laughs) i was i was 21 um and it was during that kind of weird Cold War, the America, America, Russia thing going on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it scared me at the time. I must admit, but to go back and watch it, it was fascinating. They've recounted the whole story from like what what led up to it, how it happened. Mm. Um, it was it was really fascinating and scary at the same time because uh, they were like when it happened, people went out to watch the explode, like to see this thing I on fire. That, yeah. and there was like a bright light shining up, which is like the radiation coming out of it. And these people were stood on a bridge watching it and it starts snowing. And they're all like, oh, it's snowing. Right. Every, every single person on that bridge died. Really? Eventually for radi- radiation poisoning. And uh, obviously for those, a good friend of ours, Ian Munro, went to Pripyat, which was the town where everyone was evacuated from, which is the, where everyone lived. Man, it's, it's haunting. It's, you know, it, it's a very detailed, uh, very well uh, very well written documentary really good uh, recommend you watch that I got you onto Killing Eve yeah we were just saying before we started recording because I'd kind of avoided that for a while and do you know what bizarrely I think it was because every time you turn the TV on and you saw like the, the home page for Sky and it would have like a thumbnail if you like for Killing Eve and I didn't like the thumbnail <laughs> that was it. That was the only reason I didn't want to watch it. Um, but last night, we were kind of like, I'd done everything. Anna had done things. We said, right, let's just sit down and you know, just veg out now. And we said, let's just watch something. So we put on and said, let's watch this Killing Eve. What's this all about? I said, Dave raves about this. And she goes, yeah, I know people who rave about it as well. Let's just see it. We'll give it 10 minutes. And if we don't like it in 10 minutes, we'll turn it off. Well, we got to the very end of the first episode. When we, it was comical because we both turned and looked at each other and answered to me, are you hooked? I went, yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to watch another one. We could easily watch back-to-backs of that. That is so well done. It is so... There's humour. There's dark side to it. It's very well scripted. The acting's brilliant. Mate, that, that is a cracking, cracking programme. I like it a yeah. lot. Another one that I've said to people when, while we're out in the States because our friends like Larry Becker always says, what should I watch? What should I watch? Um, and, and there's a comedy called Fleabag, which has had two seasons, which is Phoebe yes. Waller-Bridge. And she, yeah. I can't remember, she was like the script writer for Killing Eve. That's why there's humour in it, but because she wrote it. She's had, I saw something the other day, she's actually had a part of writing in the next Bond film yes, as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she's a crack, cracking actress. And Fleabag, if you listen, give Fleabag a, a go. I actually saw something last but night. But don't watch it when the kids are around. No, no. A lot of this stuff, <laughs> don't watch any of it when the kids are around. Uh, another one that I saw last night, this is TV Corner. We need a jingle for TV Corner. Um, <laughs> there's a comedy on, I, I mean, in the UK, it's on Now TV, it's on Sky. I watched the first episode last night. I was crying with laughter. It's called Year of the Rabbit. And it's a comedian right. guy called Matt Berry. And basically it's about a policeman and it's set in Victorian times. <laughs> and it, it, it's taken some of like modern day things and applied them back to Victorian times. So the way they discuss things. Um, 
it's just, I was just crying with laughter. All right, okay, it's I'll look so, out for that so, so, so funny. And what's yeah. that on again? What, what well, it's, it's on Sky um, mm. in the UK, but it could be Atlantic or HBO or Hulu. Oh, I'll just do the old blue well, searchy but thing. But yeah, if you just search it, you and a rabbit, uh, it's good. Recommend that. So uh, cool. I think that concludes my TV corner for this week. I think that's a pretty good um, bit of advice and a bit of yeah. Yeah, that's a good, actually might have to make this a regular schedule. Yeah, we should talk. We should have a little ten minute when it's an us episode. We should, we should have ten minutes of stuff that's entertained us for the week that we can share. Yeah. Um, final thing because we're not going to go on tonight. Uh, today, which is the uh, what's the date today? It's Wednesday the 19th that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, there was a piece of software released that actually pricked my interest as an InDesign user, as a designer. This was something we touched on last week with the episode with Aaron Nace. And I tell you now, if you have not listened to last week's episode with Aaron God, Nace, yeah. Glyn and I have been talking <laughs> about it all week, every day. Um, what a top bloke. Not just what, Not just what a great guy, but just... The attitude and what mm. and how he was approaching the, the education really opened our eyes because of where you know how we've been involved in the education industry for the past few years. It really was refreshing. Um, but one of the things we talked about was actually you know it's all it's all Adobe, it's all Photoshop, it's all Lightroom. But obviously, there's some new kids on the block, and I'm not going to start promoting them because you know I'm I'm an Adobe person. I I love that product. It's it's what I use. But it's quite interesting seeing some alternatives appear. And today there was a new product appeared called Affinity Publisher um, by the people who do Affinity Designer and Affinity Photo. And they're they're available on desktop and iPad. And they were kind of touted as the kind of first real current competitor to the Adobe suite because you buy it, you own it, all that kind of stuff. Um, But this is the first time, uh, this is really the first what I would call the first InDesign competition. Um, bearing in mind, back in the day, we all started with Quark Express, and then InDesign came along, and InDesign's just celebrated 20 years, uh, which I realized I'd been using it for 20 years, because I remember when it came out, I adopted it fairly quickly. Um, but this Affinity Publishers come out, and it made me laugh they've called it Publisher, because there's a product called Microsoft Publisher, which is part of the pants. <laughs> it's- I use that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the Vista print, the Vista print of desktop publishing to me. But it, I, I've used it in the past. Mate, you, did, you didn't know those tip sheets I did were done in it, though. I did. Until I told I you. you. Oh, no, I'm no. with you. you t- once you told me, I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it did surprise me they called it Publisher. That 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 baffled me. But it had a launch today. I I purchased it. I got a I beta I'd been a beta tester. I'd played around with it a little bit, but I wanted to see what the final version would be like. It finally got released today. Uh it's very interesting. It'd be good it'd be interesting to see how the in how the design industry may adopt it. Mm-hmm. Um it won't be on the iPad until next year, so I'd be more interested to see I'm kind of interested to see what happens at Adobe Max this year. Because uh I'm gonna be there, you're not gonna be there this year. Mm-hmm. They I know they can have some big Obviously, they're going to have to have some big announcements. They always do. There's going to be upgrades to software. They pr- they kind of promised Photoshop on the iPad um, for this year, for 2019. And we heard Aaron say that he's actually going to be de- demoing it or teaching it at, at Mac. So for me as a designer, I would I would love to have InDesign. Um, there's an app called Comp, which is kind of a... It gets, 
I can do stuff on the train and finish it when I get home. But I'm really interested to see how this would change the the landscape of desktop publishing because it's one of those things in design that doesn't really get a great deal of love. It's like the least sexy bit uh, that people have to do. But I, I think it's one of the most in demand. Exactly. And, and what was <laughs> what Aaron was saying last week was it only benefits us as consumers. Yeah. You know, it's competition, it's new features. One of the really cool things that uh, they they have done, which is really interesting, is if you if you actually run all three pieces of software, if you own all three of them, I think you can own all three of them for less than a hundred quid. But there's it's called in I think it's called Studio Link. And basically, if you're in Publisher and you want you've brought an image in and you want to do something to the image, if you click a button at the top for Affinity Photo, what it does is it automatically imports photo controls into publisher so you can edit the image while you're still in publisher because it's borrowing from the other app and the same with designer so i'm interested to see how that works that's quite a quite a cool thing and now i know with i know with all the software that's come out that it, it's great you know they'll they'll say 10 brilliant things it does there'll be 50 things it won't do that, that adobe does but just, well, this is the great thing about the, the you know the new software. It's like with the mobile phones, isn't it? When people you know people have this thing about oh my phone does this, my phone does that. Yeah, but does yours do this? And people kind of chop and change. But eventually, it's almost, it's almost like leapfrog. What one camera, what one phone doesn't have one year, the next year it will have it. Then another phone will come out and it's got this. Then the next one will have it as well. And just they always have, you know, they'll always integrate all those things. It's just that one has it first. Exactly. That's what it is. And the next person who comes along just looks at what they did and tries to make it better. Yeah. And yeah. then those people look and go, well, we could. Do. And like, like we said, it's just benefits us. Exactly. You know, look at the, look at the phones today. Look at the phones that are going to be released this year. Um, just the technology is incredible. However, the iPhone, the latest iPhone, does still, if you type my name in, it does still call me Glum Davis. But I think it's it's got face recognition, that's why. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's that's kind of that's the roundup of this week. I don't think there's anything else. I think so. I haven't got anything else. I'm gonna do some printing now. I'm gonna, hopefully I'm gonna see Laurie Whedon tomorrow, who's one of the glider pilots, and I've got some prints that I'm gonna take around to him. And do a little interview as well with my little DJI Osmo pocket oh, okay. thing, which is just brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to do now: do some printing. Nice, because I can. Yes, <laughs> all in house. Um, and we're going to obviously get together over the next couple of weeks. We've got some new guests coming up. We're not going to name them because we're waiting for some, for some thumbs up. We've got um, really going into June and July. We've got a little wish list. We're just waiting for people to kind of get our ducks in order, and we'll have some. Some more mm-hmm. photography interviews coming up, a couple more design ones, and uh, just hope that you stick with us. We're on social media. We're everywhere at He Shoots, He Draws. All the episodes are on he shoots, he draws. Uh So if we publish anything on social media, the best place to go is the website because the, the, the player is on each blog post uh, is a play. You can listen to it in a browser, so you don't need a podcast app if you don't need it. Mm-hmm. But we are on all the podcast apps as well. Um my mom listens to this. Yeah, know. yeah, I know. I love that. Same I love that. She sent me a message today because she listened. To, she actually did listen to the Aaron Nice episode. Did she? Which is really cool. She sent me a message saying, "I really, really enjoyed the episode, and I love hearing you laugh." Oh, how cool is that? Yes, well, this show's dedicated <laughs> to your mum. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you one day. Yes, and that'll um, happen. Yep, yeah. and and thank you for being an extra listener. We appreciate it. 
I know cool. Glenn does. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Uh, yep. We've got an episode lined up. It might be it might be that one. We might have another interview lined up. So who knows? Sometimes we just we'll just we'll just go with the flow. We fly by the seat of our pants sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening. Um, you know where to find us. Uh, thank you for sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Cool. Three nine four five portraits dot com. Yes, visit there Cheers, now. Cheers, Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Cheers.